Come be a part of the Tea Party with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board Doc Holliday's Tea Party right now. It's only a click away. Hey, welcome back. you got Doc Holliday here. We're so glad to have you back on this week's show. We've got a great show for you. You're listening to Doc Holliday's Tea Party. I'm your host, Ed Holliday, and you're listening to us on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. And let me tell you, I'm so glad to have you back because this show is going to be unlike any show we've had in a long, long time. And one thing I wanted to tell you about is the, the reason that we're here today is we're celebrating the 100th anniversary of the birth of President Ronald Reagan. And this is why it's such a special show, because I'm going to tell you what the Gipper means to me. In about the middle of the show this week, the special thing is, not only am I going to tell you what the Gipper means to me, I want you to tell me what President Ronald Reagan meant to you. So email me your story about what President Ronald Reagan means to you. Email me at Radio at TeaParty.ms, radio at TeaParty.ms, because I want to know. I want to know your story, and I'm going to tell you my story in just a few minutes. We're going to get right to it. President Ronald Reagan has so much meaning in my life, in your life, in a conservative life, in the life of the United States of America. So we're going to be talking about that today. And before we get to that, we're going to be talking about the news items. What's going on in the news? And there's so much, you know that, so much we've got to touch base on from Congress to Egypt to all the things that are going on in local tea parties. So we're going to talk about that. Now, let me tell you also, this week, you remember, in the month of February, every week we're talking about what America needs. And we've talked about the vision we need. We talked about the roadmap to get to the vision. And this week, we will be talking about the energy, the zeal that will get us on the journey to go through the roadmap and get to the vision. So don't miss this week's Rock of Liberty speech coming up at the end. First things first, let's get right to the news. My, my goodness, what's going on in Egypt? Nobody knows, do we? As of the taping of this show, I let me tell you, and you know because you've been watching the news, but Doc Holliday and you and me and us working together, we've got to see what's going on in Egypt. We've got to help this administration out. It looks like they don't have a clue on what to do. First they say one thing, then another, and they do it all in the open airways. What's going on in the background? Please, don't tell us. Don't tell us. Just get the job done. First we hear about uh, President Obama standing with the people, then standing with Mubarak, then should he stay or should he go? We've heard all kinds of things. I think there's some schizophrenic uh, uh, sayings coming out of the administration. All I'm saying is I know that Mubarak, when President Obama told him to step down and uh, get out of there and move on now, he got thrown under the bus. And just a year ago, a little over a year ago, President Obama stood in Cairo and he told all the Arab world that the United States should not be messing in other people's business, telling another country on what to do. And now, what kind of credibility does the President of the United States have when he tells the sitting President of another country it's time to go? 
Who is meddling with what and whom? I know one thing. When you say something and you do another thing, you lose your credibility. Has President Obama ever told the American people one thing and did something else? How many times can anybody count the ways? But I'm get right back to Egypt. I'm telling you, I don't have the answer. Nobody has the real answer. But the concerns about Egypt are great because this country is like the key to the Middle East. It has kept uh, peace with Israel, with the with the peace agreement signed by Sadat in 1979. It's been going on now for over 30 years. Now, what does it mean for Israel if Egypt gets controlled by the Muslim Brotherhood? And the very oh, the Muslim Brotherhood is going to stay out of the picture. <laughs> when there's a power vacuum, have you ever seen the Muslim Brotherhood stand back and say, we're going to stay out of the picture? When has that ever happened? Well, I'll tell you one thing. We need to watch what's going on. We got friends in Egypt. We got friends in other parts of the Arab world. And I don't know all the things going on, but I know there's revolution. And there's talk of uh, street protest in other countries. We saw what happened in Tunisia. You remember I talked about this long before Christmas, about revolution. And I'm returning to that subject because we, what, what about Iran? Now, if the Iranians come out once again and start protesting in great numbers, will President Obama go to uh, the president of Iran and tell him it's time to leave? He could have a year ago when Iran, when Iran was erupting in protest. But he didn't. But now when it happens in Egypt, he says it's time for Mubarak to go. Influencing another country. Not only influencing, telling the sitting president of another country what to do. And siding with uh, people in the square. Now why didn't he side with the people who were protesting in Iran a year ago? And if the people in Iran start protesting again, I think there's a good reason they may, as the recording of this show, they haven't. But there is talk about February 12th being a time for the Iranians to come back out on the streets. So I hope, I hope to goodness that is true. And I hope our president will stand up for freedom in Iran if that happens. So let's pray and see what is going on. Uh, Doc Holliday's Tea Party. We've talked about a lot of things, like I talked about the revolution uh, and revolution and what it takes and what it means in a country back before Christmas, before Tunisia, before Egypt, before the riots in Greece, and when uh, Prince Charles was shook up in his car. Yes, there's something in the water, there's something in the air, there's something going around, there's something called Twitter, there's something called Facebook, and there's something called Freedom. And that's why this show is dedicated to President Ronald Reagan because the man understood the common man. He understood what it meant when we said freedom. And he knew the American ideas for freedom, the American ideas for freedom were unmatched anywhere in the world. We got the oldest country living by the Constitution written by men back in the uh, 18th century, 1788, the U.S. Constitution put together there in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, 1787, and ratified uh, by states since that time. And now we are still living under that document. And President Ronald Reagan knew the foundations of freedom, what we have in America when other countries emulate the foundations of freedom, not the bureaucracy, not 
socialism, not communism, but what happens to the United States of America and our march toward freedom, that's what's good for the world. And Ronald Reagan would stand and he would, he would not back down when he told Mr. Gorbachev, tear down these walls. And the walls did fall after he left office. Amazing words. Amazing action. Amazing peaceful revolution by the words of President Ronald Reagan. Words more powerful than all the atomic weapons of the Cold War. So let's move on. We can talk about Egypt. We can talk about revolution. But I want to tell you more about what's going on in Congress and what the lack of what's going on in Congress, I guess I could say. I, I don't see big budget cuts uh, being planned. And I've told you before, this, this uh, looming debt limit, I don't think we need to make the American dollar uh, worth less. We don't need to put uh, a collapse of the dollar up. We, we can't afford not to have full faith and credit in the United States uh, monetary system and our dollars around the world. We are the world's reserve currency, and that's a very important position to have. That is a part of American exceptionalism. That's what I believe right here at Doc Holliday's Tea Party. We believe in American exceptionalism. That doesn't mean we're, uh, that doesn't mean we're arrogant, but it means we, we need to be a leader in the world. And that means a leader in financial, in commerce. It means we need to be a leader in pushing freedom and reforms where there's oppression and tyranny. And the American dollar is one way that is done. So we can't jeopardize that. But I'm telling you, we spend too much. It's not because we tax too little. It's because we spend too much. We know that. And what is Congress looking at? Let me give you an example of what's going on. President Obama now, you've heard it. We said $53 billion for uh, the fast trains, the super fast trains. He wants $53 billion. And we're over here in a deficit and he wants to add to the deficit. He wants to add to our debt. And as that investment, he is so scared because his policies have not uh, opened up job opportunities. The unemployment rate has not fallen down where the levels need that he can be reelected. And he is struggling to find some way, some way to make more people have jobs. So if that means borrowing more money and putting Americans in deeper debt and more jeopardy. That's what it might take for him to get reelected. I'm telling you, you can have great ideas, but by golly, his ideas are not adding up to jobs, and we got to really, really not let the independent voters, not let those be snookered by the president of the United States and what he's saying. Let me tell you what he's saying. Look what he said to the Chamber of Commerce, the U.S. Chamber of Commerce. He went and spoke to the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, the business community of the nation. And he had the audacity to stand in front of him and say that uh, regulation is good. Won't you tell that to the West Virginia miners who have a, losing their jobs because the EPA shut down the mines which have already been approved by a previous administration and a company had already spent over $200 million or more and now it's all lost money because of one decision by a bureaucrat in EPA, Mr. Obama, President Obama, please do something for jobs by calling off the watchdogs at the EPA. They're creating 
creating, creating things that are ruining the businesses. Why are we not having jobs? Why are we not having a robust economy and a rebound? It's because you look at the bureaucracy that the czars that this president has put into position of power. You look at the EPA. You look at the health care law that is becoming like a demigod looking over us and controlling us. You got 700 companies now. We're up to 700 companies that have said they want out of the health care law and they have been given a reprieve by the United States um, Secretary of Health and Human Services. 700 say Obamacare, Obamacare is not good for their company. 700. And it's adding up every week. Now we got what we talked about last week. We've got federal judge finding the uh, health care law unconstitutional. We've got people wiggling around. We've got the Senate already wanting to repeal part of the law about all the paperwork. And going back to what the president said at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce, that they put out things to help get rid of paperwork. Put out things to help get rid of paperwork. Give me one example. Everywhere I turn, there's more and more paperwork. And that 1099 form, if it doesn't pass through, that part of the health care law is going to strangle small businesses. It's just another uh, mind-boggling exercise in stupidity, making you jump through hoops and loops when we need to be hiring people. We had the President of the United States once again in front of the Chamber of Commerce saying it's time Basically said it's your patriotic duty to start spending money and hiring people. It's the patriotic duty of businesses to get the best margins they can by hiring the best people. And when the economy gets going is when they know they can invest and they'll be able to keep some of the investment and help give it to the shareholders, help uh, build new factories, new things for new jobs, and make new positions. But they got to know what the tax law is. they got to know this health care is not going to strangle them and lynch the businesses. In many cases, it's already started. In many cases, it's already started. So those are the things that are going on with the Congress. Many of them. Many of them being pushed by this administration and, and they're not being talked about in the papers. Not being talked about uh, by the Democrats, it's just like they're starting to shellac over the rotten wood trying to get ready for 2012. I don't care what President Obama says. Watch what he does. Watch what the people he appointed do. They are the ones that are causing business to stifle. They're the ones that are causing the business to be like a, a, a swamp that needs to be drained. We need fresh, new waters. We need an infusion of capital, but you cannot try to build a business when the waters are murky, it's foggy, with all the tax laws, all the tax thing, uh, things coming down through this health care law, and then you got the EPA and all the czars putting out things that the businesses have to be aware of. Bypassing the United States Congress. It's happening everywhere you turn. Wow. Wow. So much. I haven't even touched on all the things we want to touch about. Uh, we talked about uh, the START Treaty a few weeks ago. I'm going to tell you a little bit about the START Treaty and what the Russians are saying. 
And before I do that, let me remind you that you are listening to Doc Holliday's Tea Party. You're listening to us on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Ed Holliday, and we're going to talk about why Russia warns the United States on missile plan. Did we not talk about it here? More than once, we talked about why do you start sign a START treaty when the Russians have always told you that they don't like the preamble. And now uh, this is, uh, uh, let me just uh, tell you about what's go- uh, the press release coming out from Moscow. So Russia sees the planned U.S. missile defense system as a potential threat to its nuclear forces and may review its participation in the landmark nuclear arms treaty, official said. Uh, on February 7th. Did we not say we need to know what this law means? We need to know what the words mean? Words do mean something? Did we not say let's get this understood before we sign a treaty? Nobody would listen. Nobody cared. All they want to do is get the president's approval numbers numbers up, show that he's doing something. And now, now where are we? Is it any good? The Russians are saying, no, you can't build a missile defense. And this was after Obama had already dismantled what we were doing in Poland, where we were helping our new ally of Poland. The president dismantled what the previous administration had done. Unbelievable. And now we got a START treaty that nobody knows if it's going to ever get off the first few months of working. So let's move on. It's time to talk about President Ronald Reagan. Now, what do I know about President Ronald Reagan? Well, let me tell you a little bit about where I remember President Ronald Reagan. I'm going to tell you a story about a 14-year-old young man. I was 14 when I first started hearing about the conservative mind of President Ronald Reagan. He was not president, of course, then. This was just before the election year of 1976. He was getting ready to challenge... Um, President Ford at the time for the Republican nomination for President of the United States. Now, as it was, and just so happened in a little small town in Mississippi, went to church with a guy that had uh, fought in the war with uh, President Gerald Ford. And everybody had already made a big to-do about how he had a personal friendship with President Ford, and President Ford would on occasion give him a call and even meet with him over the years. He had, and... Uh, this uh, man in our church was a very respected man, and I, I loved him dearly. But I was listening to this guy named the former governor of California named Ronald Reagan. And I thought, man, I like what this guy has to say. And if you'll go into uh, look into the history back in the convention for the Republican nomination, Ronald Reagan came very, very close to unseating a, a sitting president in a in a, nominate, in a party nomination, which was unheard of, but he almost did it. And it really came down to the, some of the delegates of the convention right in the state of Mississippi. And there's another history, you can read about that. And uh, for those uh, who love political theater, one of the main guys was a young man named Haley Barber that was right smack in the middle of that uh, delegate uh, fight about who the Mississippi delegates would go for, and that would uh, switch. It could either be for Reagan or it could be for Ford, whatever Mississippi decided. And it was, they got a lot of publicity there. But let me go on about President Reagan. As you know, in, 17, in 1976, he did not un, 
uh, seat President Ford for Republican nomination. And then, uh, of course, President Ford got defeated by Jimmy Carter. But during the time, Ronald Reagan kept, uh, kept his name in, in uh, the press, and there was a lot of people running for the 1980 Republican nomination. Ronald Reagan, everybody said, oh, he's too conservative. He'll never win. He's too conservative. The Republicans better not nominate Ronald Reagan because he sure couldn't ever beat anybody. The country wouldn't vote for a man like Ronald Reagan. Too conservative. Too conservative. We heard it over and over again. But the more I listened to what he had to say, the more I liked what he had to say. I liked the Gipper. I liked his way he communicated. I liked the way he looked at you and told you the truth and told you what we needed to do. He gave you hope. One of the most important things I can remember about people who had met with Ronald Reagan, I never got to meet the man personally, but the people who were in a room with Ronald Reagan, they'll say when he came in the room, he brightened the room up. You left feeling better after you had a meeting with Ronald Reagan. And those are the things that wherever he went, he communicated that to the young, the old, the rich, the poor, the independents, the Democrats, the Republicans. He had a hope about him. He had a gift of communicating. And that's one thing I remember about President Ronald Reagan. Now, I did get to hear him in person as he was campaigning in 1980. Right after the Republican nomination, he came to the state of Mississippi, and I'm so glad he did. And I've heard a lot of controversy over the years about why he came and this and that. But I know one thing, they always have a big uh, state, the Neshoba County Fair. And he came to speak at the Neshoba County Fair. I don't know why they make a big ado about it, because it was set in stone for years uh, when the fair is going to be. But he came to the fair, and I got my dad, who was a longtime Democrat, still a Democrat, loved Jimmy Carter, thought Jimmy Carter was one of the best presidents we ever had at the time. And he, uh, he, he, uh, he said, you want to drive down and listen to who? He knew who that President Reagan or Ronald Reagan was, they called him Governor Reagan then, was coming uh, to Mississippi. But even though he's a Democrat, he loaded up the family and said, if y'all want to come, let's, let's go down and hear what this uh, Republican governor has to say. And I'm telling you, I got there, and that's one of the first things I remember one of my memories of that time was there was a packed crowd, people having to park from uh, miles away to walk into the county fair to get through the gates and get, get in there so they could uh, hear Governor Reagan when he came up on stage to speak. And I, one of the things I do remember, my younger brother, at that time, this was four years later, so I was 18, my younger brother was 14, <laughs> and I, I could see the press right then. Sometimes the press... Just doesn't give people a break. I, there was a guy trying to had a big old camera, and you remember back then the cameras were bigger, a lot bigger than they are now. And he about knocked my 14 year old brother down, and he said, "Get out of the way, kid! I got to get a good shot." <laughs> and just just uh, merc merciless, uh, no mercy at all. Just knock knock my 14 year old brother almost to the ground, getting get him out of the way so he could get a better shot. So. Uh, I knew something about the national press then. That wasn't very nice, and I figured he had to be a liberal. But let's go on. Let me tell you about Ronald Reagan. When he came to be president, there was a spark in the American spirit that became 
real and alive. There was a spirit that said, we can do it. There was a patriotic enthusiasm. There was a burst of liberty. They were like a firework bursting over the nation, sparkling. Once again, we'd gotten through the Carter Malays, and we had gone through a steep, steep recession. And then unemployment was over 10%. And Ronald Reagan stuck to his conservative guns, stopped the spending. And then uh, we started to see the economy rebound. Stopped the spending, he kept saying. But he didn't have control of Congress. The Democrats had control of Congress. They kept spending. But he cut the taxes. And cutting the taxes allowed the economy to grow. It started building and building. And we got a robust economy. He got reelected in 1984 by 49 states. And he kept the economy churning and growing and kept getting rid of regulation and the things that were holding back the American economy, the giants of industry, new industry came about. That's where you think Microsoft and Apple Computer, all these companies had an enthusiasm, had a vigor and a youth and a zeal to make America a better place because they had products that were better than what we had. We put computers in the house, put computers in the office, put computers where people could put them to work, and we made America stronger and richer and more powerful, and we helped lead the world. Thank you, President Ronald Reagan. I'd love to go on and on, but it's time for the Rock of Liberty speech. Now, before we get to the Rock of Liberty speech, let me remind you that I do have a book. Some of you are new listeners, and my book is called Walk With Me, A Patriot's Guide from the Boston Tea Party to Today's Tea Party Revolution. You can click on my website. You can click on the Walk With Me uh, cover of the book on Doc Holliday's Tea Party, or you can go to www.teaparty.ms. You can get that book. And, and also, there's another book that uh, is dedicated in the memory of President Ronald Reagan's, a book of essays uh, called Why the Conservative Mind Matters, a collection of essays put together by uh, Bill Owens, who's been a guest on this show before. You can go back and listen to the interview with Bill Owens, but uh, a lot of conservatives. And Doc Holliday has a chapter in that book. So uh, you can get that book also at the website. Another thing I need to remind you, Tea Party Review Magazine is out, and you can get a copy of the, the inaugural issue. You can subscribe to the Tea Party Review Magazine, all about the Tea Party, written by the Tea Party, for the Tea Party, and we are blessed to have uh, connections with some of those who are putting it together. You can go back and listen to our interview with uh, uh, Dr. Stephen Allen, who's the editor of this magazine. So... There are a lot of things are happening right now in the Tea Party movement. If you want to know what's going on, the best place to go now is the Tea Party Review magazine. And you're listening to us right now on the what we want to call the heartbeat of the Tea Party movement. That is Doc Holliday's Tea Party. We have the Rock of Liberty speech every week. And this week, in the month of February, as promised, we are talking about what America needs. And next uh, month in March, we will be talking about the presidential hopefuls in the Republican Party, the conservative, uh, the conservative nominees. Who who will it be? 
We're going to be talking about that starting in March. So we'll be looking at each individual candidate as they get ready to run. So keep listening to Doc Holiday's Tea Party. We'll have some great, great insight. You won't get anywhere else. But today's Rock of Liberty speech is going. We're going to add to what we did the first week of the of month of February. We said, what does America need? It says we need a vision. You go back and listen to our vision then. And then the second week, we said, what does America need? We need a roadmap to get to the vision. We talked about how the roadmap would be written and how the roadmap can be used to get to the vision. And now, here in the third week of February, let me remind you, before we can go anywhere on a road journey, on a road trip, before we can take any journey to get to the vision, we got to have some energy, some zeal. we got to get some people to come alive. And that's what the Tea Party movement is all about. That's why you're listening to Doc Holliday's Tea Party. Like I said, you and me and people working together all over this country, we have invigorated the election process, invigorated the political process, because it's the American process. If you don't come to the table to be heard, you'll find out that you're on the menu. And we are not going to be on the menu. The conservatives shall not be eaten. We shall be serving at the table of public service. That's why you got to get excited. And that is where we get the energy to get to the journey to go to the vision. And the energy is in you. It's the spirit of 1776 coming alive. Why do you think that Sam Adams stood up to the British when they came to him? They tried to bribe him to stop talking about independence. Stop talking about liberty. They were going to give him some money just to go away and he could live happily ever after. But not Sam Adams. He said he had his mind made up. And between him and the Creator... He knew what was going to happen when he died. So while he is living on earth, he was going to be there fighting for liberty, for the United States of America, for independence. Same with John Adams, his cousin. John Adams gave up so much for America. Not just John Adams, but George Washington. Not just George Washington, but so many others that surrounded everything from the, the masters like Ben Franklin all the way to the young whippersnappers like Andrew Jackson who had his face slashed open by a British officer for refusing to polish his boots. I'm telling you, we had some patriots that went through hell to help get this America started. And once we won the war against the British to, for independence, it didn't stop there. But the zeal of the spirit of 1776 carried on the great men who came together in Philadelphia to put together the United States Constitution. It carried on through the precarious first days of our uh, young democracy, our young republic, when George Washington, after two terms, said that was enough, it's time for new blood. He could have kept going. People called him, him, called him his uh, excellency. He could have become a king. He had an army, and he let it all go because he knew America had such a great future, being a republic to show the world that free people could govern themselves. Yes, we have a lot of rhetoric. Yes, we have a lot of fighting. Yes, we have a lot of name-calling. Yes, we do a lot of things for the conservative cause. The liberals do it for the liberal cause, but we're starting to outnumber the liberals because conservative ideas 
make sense. They work. They don't work just on paper. They work in principle. And when the liberals, when you sit down with a liberal and say, what's the end game? Where are you going? They always, it's like, it's like the, it's almost like somebody sitting around in some drug-induced high to get to where they're going. They, they can't get there on paper. Can't even get there even on paper. But in reality, they're so far from ever getting to any goals. What's your goal? How do you get there? They can't tell you. And by the spending, they'll never get there. They don't know how to run a business. I'm telling you, the conservative principles not only matter, they make sense, and the American people are buying to the conservative movement. The Tea Party movement is part of it, and that's the Rock of Liberty speech today to tell you the zeal, the spirit, the energy to drive toward a vision of the conservative America that Ronald Reagan helped put into our minds. It comes from the zeal of you and me and the Tea Party movement. So stay with it. Stick to your guns. Get excited about working for the conservative movement, working for candidates, getting the right people lined up that will run for office. It may be you that needs to run for office. It may be you that needs to help pave the way for someone to run for office. You may need to help in the campaign office. You may need to help by getting out and uh, writing books, writing magazines. You may need help by running for the school board. Everybody's got something to do. And we may try something that may not work. We have to try something a little differently. But I'm telling you, the Tea Party movement is here to stay because you know it. And I know it. Every week I'll be here to talk to you. And I'll be glad to hear what you have to say. Send me your emails about your Gipper story, about what Ronald Reagan means to you. And I'm telling you, we have an exciting show next week. We're going to finish up our Rock of Liberty speeches. We're going to about what America needs. And we'll be getting prepared for going into March, talking about the presidential hopefuls that are in the Republican primaries. And I'm telling you that there is more and more every week. we got some great interviews. You won't believe some of the people will be interviewed coming up. And I'm just glad to be a part of the Tea Party movement. This is the heartbeat of the Tea Party. Listen to us every week. God bless you. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us today, and remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Tea Party. You can order Ed's book, Walk With Me, A Patriot's Guide from the Boston Tea Party to Today's Tea Party Revolution by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.